them and the team. Please do take a seat. Oh, Lord our God, how amazing is he? And how uplifting was that to remember that he shall return. So we live in a time when we have Jesus in the form of the Holy Spirit. We have that power within us in a different way to the way the people of the Old Testament had. They had Jesus, they had God, but not in the same way as when Jesus walked the earth. And then after Jesus walked the earth, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us now. And we look forward to that day of his return, that point of completion. So before I read the word, I'd just like us to pray, just to settle in on what God's going to say to us. Father God, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for sending your son. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you also, Lord, for your wisdom. And we know that your wisdom comes through your written word and brings revelation within our spirits. So Lord, we ask this morning as we come to your scriptures that we may have open hearts and open minds to receive the wisdom that you wish to bring us. Lord, that we will be transformed evermore into your likeness. In Jesus' name, amen. So as Tom mentioned, we are looking at James. James 1, chapter 1, verses 17 to 27. I'm actually reading from the ESV version, the English Standard Version, so feel free to have a look in the NIV Bibles that you have or your own Bible with you, but just be aware there might be a few word changes there. But you should come up on the screen so you can follow along with what I'm going to be reading. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Who here enjoys writing letters still? I know it sometimes looks as a bit antiquated, doesn't it? Okay, we do have a few hands still. It's great. I love receiving a letter. Who likes receiving a letter? 
Yeah. There's just something really special about it, isn't there? There's something personal in that, in that essence of a letter. Okay, Wendy, I saw you put your hand up. I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> you like writing letters. What kind of content might you put in a letter? Anything. Would it be more about your personal kind of life and those around you? So thoughts, maybe feelings. Okay, and when I write a letter, I sometimes also ask questions. Do you do that as well? So you, you kind of want a response back. You ask what's happening in your life, what's going on with you, hope you're doing well, that kind of thing. So it's quite funny looking at this letter of James, as Tom mentioned, we're going through a series, that actually he's got quite a lot of instruction in there. And as Tom mentioned, there's a lot of wisdom in his letter. And I thought, when I write a letter, I think I would feel quite um, rude, in a way, if I wrote loads of instruction to the person I was writing to. It's like, hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. And by the way, can you remember to brush your teeth every day? I don't, it just doesn't sit right with me. Thankfully, James doesn't remind us to brush our teeth, but he does put a lot of content in his letter that is bringing us a wisdom. He is the leader, was the leader of the Jerusalem church, and he is writing to his congregation. So there must be a reason he's writing, right? You know Tom went away recently? This is my analogy here. Tom goes away on a lovely holiday with his lovely wife Claire and his beautiful children, and he's having a really nice time, and somebody, Teresa, Sam, maybe one of the church wardens, maybe even one of us, contacts him and says, Tom, things aren't going so well at the church. We're struggling a bit. You know, people just aren't walking with the Lord. There's all this stuff going on. There's sin left, right and centre. There's gossip. There's slander. There's um, really bad things happening. And we need some encouragement. And Tom goes, OK, you know what I'll do? I'll send you an email. <laughs> so he's, our equivalent today might be, I'll send you an email. I'll pray for you, of course, he would. But I'm going to send you an email, and you're going to read it to the congregation on my behalf. And I liken this to what James was doing here. He was writing to the church and saying, here's some wisdom for you. You know, you're going off on this tangent. I'm now going to bring you some things that God wants you to know. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago now, Tom opened the service and said, who here is foolish? Do you remember that, if you were here? I sat there like the lady over there, nodding my head and going, yeah, I think I'm quite foolish. Because when I look back over my life, I think that wasn't a great decision, you know? In hindsight, I really shouldn't have done that, or I should have done this instead, or I should have said that, or I shouldn't have said that, or I should have behaved like this. It could go on forever. But what was really good was Tom said, no, you're all wise because you're here, okay? Because in Proverbs 1, 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we come to hear what God wants us to know because we don't despise the wisdom and the instruction that he brings. So as wise people here this morning, let's see what God is saying to us through this letter of James. If we just have a little look back, I did actually read from it, verse 16, just before the passage that we were concentrating on. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. So there's obviously some form of deception going on in the church. So when I looked at the analogy a minute ago about our church and what scenarios it could be, 
here we're talking about deception. So something's happening in the church where people are being torn away from the ways of God. And if you were to actually look at the, the first part of the letter, and just before that, he's talking about sin. So people are being tempted by their own desires, and they're following that through to a path that is leading ultimately to death, which is what it says there, that sin, when fully grown, brings forth death, spiritual death. Okay, so he's saying, don't be deceived by these things. Verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Okay, so don't be deceived by the things that look like good gifts in the world. Focus your eyes on the really good and perfect gifts coming down from heaven. We have had quite a lot of gifts around us at the moment. July and August is a really intense month for us with birthdays. Our daughter, her birthday, she turned five, is in the beginning of August. My husband's birthday, he had a big one. Check out his jeans. See if you can see what number he's got on his jeans. It's a little task view when you go past him. Um, that was his big birthday he had last Sunday. And then my brother's birthday is today. So we're surrounded by loads of gifts at the minute, and we do praise God for those. We thank him, and we give those gifts back to the Lord. We hold them with open hands. But this isn't what James is talking about. James is talking about these more spiritual kind of character growth gifts, this element of wisdom. Wisdom is a gift from him as well. There's a pure gift of wisdom that comes from heaven, not the wisdom of the world, the wisdom that we might, might try to give one another. It goes further than that. So this is what, what James is telling us to look at and reminding his congregation. So who is this good God that gives good gifts? James describes him as the father of lights. This was a common title for him, but it really stood out to me, this element of light. And I thought, father of lights? Okay, let me think what lights I can think of here. And I thought back to Genesis, and I was thinking, God said in verse 3, chapter 1 of Genesis, and God said, let there be light and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. In verse 14, he creates the stars and moon, also good. And while we're here thinking about his creation, let's remind ourselves too that in this account in Genesis, God created, oh, here's my microphone, God created us good, but not just good. He goes on to say very good. And Tom mentioned it earlier on, actually. He said we're made in his image and likeness when we talk to one another or maybe think before we speak and try and think, actually, that person is made in the likeness of the Lord. Let me address them as such. Let me treat them as such. Let me think of them as such. But now let's return to the lights because he goes on to talk about this. He says, the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, I have a candle here. <laughs> Do I hear someone go, mm-mm? <laughs> Just a little analogy here for us. Oops. Oh, no, that's not good, is it? I've only got one left as well, so let's hope this one works. Quick prayer for me, please. Way. Okay. 
is it going to take? This is a candle, incidentally, that my daughter made at one of the holiday clubs. Okay. Let's not put it on the Bible. We don't want that going up in flames, do we? Okay. <laughs> you see this flame on top of the candle? How still is it? It's not particularly still, is it? Can you see that it flickers? So it's wavering backwards and forwards. And as I move it, we have more change here. Okay, if I blow it, again, it's likely to go out. And we have a lot of change. And it can create shadows, can't it? And if we look at that passage, or just that line, the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Think about when we have a candle in front of something and it flickers like this. And I think the reason James used this analogy is because they wouldn't have had electric, would they? So every, this would have been really clear for them that our Father God isn't like that shifting shadow that a flame can create. Our Father God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he gave good gifts, he gives good gifts, and he will still continue to give good gifts. And they're not always the ones that we think of, remember. We're looking for the ones that God wants to give us. When Sophie Cara sometimes goes to sleep at night, she asks me, Mummy, what's that shadow? We have cars that go past sometimes and shine onto the, onto the curtain. Or she's got a night light and it will create a shadow with her toys. And of course they look different, don't they? You think of a shadow, it's never a true replication, is it? It's never a true replication of the thing that's casting the shadow. It shifts and it changes and it can be a little bit intimidating and scary. This isn't what we've got here. There is no variation or shadow due to change. And what really excites me is that if we go to John 8, 12, this, I just love this. Jesus says... I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So when I was looking at the Father of lights, I was thinking, you know what? This is the God that is also Jesus. Jesus is God. He's also the Son of God. He's also the light of the world, Father of the lights of the world, the true light of the world that doesn't shift, doesn't change, doesn't create distorted shadows. The pure light, even the wonderful created light, the sun, the moon, the stars can still change and still create shadows, even though they're good things created by God. We have the light of Jesus living within us that doesn't change and is there for us. As we go down into the passage, James goes on to write, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So I looked at truth as well, and I thought, here we go again. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's in Jesus and through Jesus that we have been created to be forerunners of that goodness. We are image bearers of Christ, to lead people to Christ with that light. As he goes on, he talks about the implanted word. So if we skip down to verse 21, he talks about, obviously, the anger and putting away anger, filthiness, wickedness, all of those things. He says, and the instruction here is to put all that away, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. 
You can probably guess what my theme is here. <laughs> we have Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, the truth. We also have Jesus as the word. We see at the beginning of John, he's described as the word, which refers back to creation. God said, let there be light. He spoke the world into being, and Jesus enters into our world as the word as well. But it's also the written word, isn't it? The scripture that we're looking at. And when we choose to follow Jesus, we're born again by the Holy Spirit. We have the word living within us. And in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, it states that God's law will be written on our hearts. And that always encourages me because I don't know if you're anything like me, but I can read the word and it is wonderful and I take it in, but actually it gives me that sense of, I will be able to recall this when I need to. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit will prompt, and it's written on my heart. These truths are written on all of our hearts. Do you remember at the beginning when I asked the children to look in the mirror? This is where we come to in this part of the passage now. What's James talking about? <laughs> I sat here thinking, why is he using this analogy? What's it all about? He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For as anyone is just a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. And then he talks about, he looks at himself, he goes away and forgets. Okay? So when we look into scripture, that's like our mirror, and we can see ourselves clearly. And we can be convicted by that sometimes. And when we feel that conviction, it's not a condemnation. This is to say, there's something there that God wants me to know. There may be a gift that God wants to give you to grow your character more into the likeness of Jesus. He, look, it's, he says here, the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So here we come to quite the traditional part of what most people will bring out of this particular passage, is don't just be hearers of the word, act upon it. And a lot of people will bring out in their sermons about how we need to serve more, we need to do more, we need to be more like Jesus by helping the poor. And I'm not saying that any of that is wrong. It's absolutely right. But what I believe James is really honing in on here and I, what, what I'd like us to try and pick up on is I think the whole of his letter is more about a heart issue. So we have this word written on our heart. And he talks about doing, but he is taught, I don't think it's a pressure. I don't think he's saying to us, right, now you're hearing this word, I want you to join every single ministry team going, I want you to do 10 times harder work at home and 10 times harder work at, at work and in your family life. I think what this is about is saying, remember your identity in Christ. When you look into that scripture, see who you are created in the image of God. And when you fully know, really know, you don't just hear it, you actually receive it into our beings, then we will want to serve. We will want to join a ministry team. We will want to care for one another. 
We will want to lay down our own selfish desires. We will want to bridle our tongue. The amount of times, the amount of times, I pray, Lord, I submit my tongue to you. <laughs> because, like we're saying here, I am also guilty, little confession coming up, of coming to church or reading the word, listening to a great preach by Tom, going out the door, going home, tired, hungry, and straight away something comes out of my mouth and it's not honouring. It's not honouring, it's not godly, um, it's not okay, it's maybe not on the scale of blasphemy or swearing, but it's not glorifying the Lord. And that I have to keep on submitting my tongue, submitting, submitting, submitting. Lord, take control of my tongue. Take control of my heart. Fill me. <laughs> Fill me again with your Holy Spirit and your goodness. Because as I say, when we look into that perfect mirror that God holds up to us, we do see our shortcomings. But the good thing is, we can see Christ within us as well. And we can have the help of the Holy Spirit to make us live more like him. So I believe that as we go forth from today, my prayer as well, is that we will take this word of wisdom and instruction from James and we will not be foolish. We will be wise. We will revere the Lord and we will know who we are in Christ and we will therefore go and serve, with, serve each other with that love, that unconditional love that has been bought for us, paid for us, that Jesus died on the cross for us for. He died so that we can have life and have it to the full. He also died so that we can be his representation on earth and bring others to know him and his way. So let me just pray for you before we finish off the service. Father God, I just thank you so much for the time we have here together before you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the scriptures and the way that you talk to us through the scriptures. And Lord, I just ask that if any one of us has felt any conviction this morning from what we've heard and from what we've studied, that we will be able to come to you and come and find somebody that will pray for us, maybe from the prayer ministry team or a trusted friend in the church, to help us to truly lay aside good works that are in our flesh and know our identity in you and walk into fresh good works that are flowing from a heart of love from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.